Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Law, and with me as always, and that means that more today than any other day, DJ Mark. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just us, baby. That's right. Just the two of us. I was thinking about this in terms of the two-person version of this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's me and you is definitely the most. Um, oh, I, think so. there, I think there's a handful of me and Stefan's. Sure. Cause, uh, and I think a handful of me and Mike. But I know the Stefan one stand out, but it was like when Mike was in Japan and you were like, is it E3 week or something like that's mm, one of them that stuck out mm-hmm. or something like that. It or happens. maybe you were on your honeymoon or some this, shit. This There's might happen one more often. We might be looking at more two-man crews. Who knows? That's right. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We're going to get to the solo podcast eventually. I'm just <laughs> oh, going to, no, you know. Yeah, I've been on that road. It is it is a lonesome <laughs> road. <laughs> You're just going to have me doing uh, fucking uh, monologues from Macbeth and shit. Oh. That's what we're going to do. Test out my acting. I'm not against that. Uh, all right, boys and girls, we actually intended to do a show last week. That was absolutely our intent, but... That's on me. I, um, it was me. I was the first one. <laughs> I, I couldn't. You couldn't I was do trying it. to move stuff. You, you, and then you looked at it, the zero hour. Could could DJ Mark pull it off? Does he have the wherewithal? No, not at all. I was like, well, I have enough I mean. energy to just talk shit, not record and post it and do all the stuff. Uh, Dr. Law has to do here to to make the show run, which is a lot of, a lot of work, and I was not up for it. So I was like... Uh, yeah, there was also like I mean I was moving and then I got to the point where like I finished setting up about twenty minutes after when we normally record. I'm like, I could probably do this. And I'm like, Mark's Mark's not even gonna answer the phone if I call him right now. He's, He's not doing this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just gonna be me and Mike on a week where there's no card. <laughs> and a card that he probably didn't watch any of the fights on before. So it's just gonna be like, you know, this is just we're, let's we're getting set up for disaster here. We can just abort. So I do apologize to our, you know, avid listeners out there. Last week, holiday weekend, they're like, I got all Tuesday, I guess, to listen to this thing. And there's nothing <laughs> there. I'm sure it's disappointing. You know, we heard the outcry. Me and Bobby are making it happen this week. Exactly. And you know what? We'll get ready for some freezing cold takes from about stuff that took place about 10 to 12 days ago On some, in some cases. Um, but I guess um, the only fights we're going to talk about, Mark, is... Triller's amateur boxing event. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, say, I say amateur <laughs> because we were under the impression that this was a professional boxing event. Um, you were paying professional prices for sure. They said it was professional, <laughs> and then they also moved the fight. The main event was supposed to be Oscar De La Hoya, powered mm-hmm. by cocaine, mm-hmm. taken on Vitor Belfort, powered by testosterone and Jesus, allegedly on both of those. Um, and then Oscar got De La Hoya. Oscar got De La Hoya. Oscar got the COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, he was vaxxed. Uh, had to go to the hospital, though. Got hit hard. But he Ew. seems like Oscar's uh, okay, which okay. is good to well, hear. That's good. Man's a legend. Um, and kidding aside, that was very uncomfortable to hear him do commentary while inebriated. So for his own sake, maybe get your stuff together. Um, so instead, we had 58-year-old Evander Holyfield yeah. um, stepping in. 
California, where this was going to happen first, was like, uh, no, <laughs> no, this no. is not. This is not. What we're not going to sanction this. And then they're like, oh, okay, we'll just go to Florida. So they went to Florida, which if Mark mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, fight a grizzly bear, they'd sanction okay. it. Yep. Um, Florida didn't care. But Marcus, it turns out they didn't have to even ask Florida because they went amateur. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, maybe at the zero hour, they're like, oh, yeah, you don't have time to clear this 58, 59-year-old man to compete. We'll throw it under the exhibition moniker, and I guess anything goes there. So, yeah, you know, well, I wonder also, yeah, I mean, do you think they, they could have called it an exhibition and kept in California, or do you think that would have looked bad? I don't, I honestly don't know. It, I have to imagine it was a chain of events where like, okay, we can't do it in California. How do you know if, if the exhibition thing was an option? I assume how we heard about it after the fact, they're like, oh yeah, this wasn't professional. I don't think like the promoters knew or if they knew they hit it. Cause I don't know. I, there is something, I mean, look, th- this is a freak show event. That is what thriller is all about. And we'll get into the nitty gritties of that. But, like, maybe they were even wary of being, like... Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't really matter if it was exhibition or professional. Were they, were they two-minute rounds, too, Bob? I didn't, I, I didn't have they, to watch it. Honestly, they went, they went pretty quick. Um, yeah, they were. Um, That's weird. I mean, maybe that, maybe that was another stimulation of, like, yeah, two-minute rounds on, yeah, I professional. Mean, there's a lot to be said about what happened there with Triller. And yeah. I actually got some thoughts on this freak show because I'm, I'm worried about it for different reasons. Um, All right. So, yeah, the so they went to Florida, and then mm-hmm. they th- they said, "Do you know who lives in Florida?" Who mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we rope into this? The, the ex president of the United States, and then one of them said, "We should probably put him to see if he wants to do the show." You know, we'll get him, and you know, maybe we get a couple other MAGA twats mm-hmm, like sure, Barry Masvidal not? and apparently Junior Dos Santos, which broke my heart, quite frankly, Mark. Yeah. Which a part of me thinks Junior Dos Santos is such a nice guy. They just said, Junior, do you want to meet the president? And he's like, why, yes, it's a big deal. I'd love to meet the president. Mm -hmm. And he ended up there. This is the lies I'm telling myself. Um, They got the president and his doofus son on there. Um, Let's get him on our show. And then the other guy said, it's the 20th anniversary of Mm 9-11. I'm sure as a former president, like, he'll be at the event that President Clinton and President Obama (laughs) And you know, uh, President the official Bush memorial at. of a horrible yeah. tragedy on the twentieth. Bobby, that the one makes he was there for, the one he was in New York for, the one where he lied to everybody and said he could see the smoke from his building, which was physically impossible. He remembers that day, the president. Surely he'll have stuff to do. And they said that's probably fair. But let me just call and see. You missed and then they all the shots Donald. you don't take. <laughs> yeah, and then they said, Donald, we want to pay. They want to pay you a lot of money to sit here. Next to some sycophants in Florida, then go to Florida and get paid and go, go 20 miles down the road and get paid. I think it goes farther than that. And then Donald said, if they send a private jet, I will do it. And then they did. Is that true? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Okay. 15 minute private jet. <laughs> um, so they got the president on there with alternate commentary. Wait, 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 wait. Former. Former, former, former. That's former, the most former important president. thing of that yeah. whole sentence is that he is former. He is not any. Yeah, okay. but they got oh, President yeah. Trump on there. His title is still President Trump. Mm-hmm. Um he is on there as the alternate commentary. So right. the main commentary had 50 cent. So in the hierarchy, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't 50, 50 cent <laughs> above Donald Trump. That tracks. Um, yeah. So that was all that happened. And uh, I, the top two fights are the only ones that mattered. Um, which God bless David Haymark, former heavyweight champion, is on this card underneath mm-hmm. Tito and Anderson. 
Um, Tito Flat, Tito Ortiz, Anderson Silva coming out. You know, Tito missed weight by five pounds. Said Anderson had no respect. And then said, what's Anderson going to do to me? Some sort of Wing Chun Bruce Lee shit was what he said. And, you know, as this fight led up to it, Mark, I was thinking, man, I'm, I'm actively rooting for this man to get knocked unconscious. And I'm hoping it hurts. I'm hoping it does damage for Tito. And I'm like, what does this say about me as a person? I'm having a real issue <laughs> with myself. <laughs> and then Tito came out with his flag. And I'm like, oh, yeah, good old Tito. Loves it. American flag one side, Mexican flag Two-sided the other side. Two-sided flag. That's his whole game. You know, it's a real conflicting with some of his views. But Tito's a proud Mexican-American, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, there's that, there's that red, white, and blue, baby. Ah, uh, what a what a flag. Let me flip it to the other side, Tito. Let me see the other side of that flag. Huh. Uh, there's more. There's no. There's more bars on this flag. No, that's oh. a lot. Not oh. a lot on the Mexican flag. There's kind of just no, no. triple. Oh wow. Uh, uh, blue, a blue lives matter flag. Fuck you, Tito. Right. I'm gonna enjoy this. Um, I would have gone with the Mark, the Mexican flag and then the blue lives flag. If I was tri flag, but... you're thinking somehow, or just no American flag? No, there's no American flag. The, the blue yeah. lives matter flag isn't it very much like the American flag? I mean, if you ask those people, that's what they pray to, and that's what they, they uh, uh, play pay tradition to anyway. Um, yeah, you know it didn't go well when people are thinking you took a dive. You got your ass beat by Anderson Silva so bad, people thought it was you took a dive. Okay, people got to understand taking a dive doesn't mean just getting your comeuppance. It usually means <laughs> you take kind of a hard hit and you sit down. You don't get knocked unconscious and fall. F- face first that's not how if you're taking a dive the point is like not to get demolished you know it's also to lose the fight but like i don't think a lot of yeah. I, everyone that thought like ben Askren took a dive is like yeah well he took the dive the stupidest way possible where he got actually literally knocked out and then took a dive so i don't know that i, I didn't read any of that credence I, but... I was listening to ben folks and he said you know people who've never seen tito fight before my dog just lost her mind i'm um, sorry um tim people who never saw tito fight before might say it's clearly fixed. Why would you throw three left hooks in a row when they aren't getting close to touching the man? And Ben Folks is like, people didn't consider he's just not good at boxing, huh? Yeah, that's the, that's the most obvious nation. answer is usually the right one. Um, Marcus, why don't you tell the people uh, what happened here with uh, Tito yeah, I and mean, Anderson? Probably much like our audience. Hopefully, I pray to God, um, they're just like me. And luckily, you didn't have to pay for this event. Uh, every major fight ended so quickly that uh, a gif on Twitter was all the action you needed to see. But yeah, you know, t- to Tito's credit, he went out there, guns a-blazing, uh, pressured Anderson into the corner, and like Bobby mentioned before, let off a barrage of left hooks that, you know, Anderson really did not seem too flustered about being corralled in the corner, um, getting blitzed on. His head movement was more than, his head movement and defense was more than enough to negate, you know, Tito really going after him. And it, it to me, it literally looked like the second Tito stopped for a moment, Anderson just corked a big right hand, basically knocked him out on his feet. He pivoted out. So then Tito was basically falling into the corner, hit him with a couple shots, you know, from behind, which is, I mean, you know, to protect yourself at all times, they weren't shots to the back of the head. So they weren't legal in that no. matter. Um, but that was just really icing on the cakes. I think those ones really flatlined Tino because he fell down like face first, or at least the it was great. I got after they tell was you, man, how like, much I enjoyed this motherfucker eating canvas. Yes. First of all, it was right. It, it, it felt like 2010 you know, again, Mark. It mm-hmm. felt like 2011 again, where Anderson was just icing motherfuckers. Mm. And you know what? He deserved. Uh, he's deserving this uh, this this exit from combat sports because mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. going well in the UFC. Um, he killed this man. It was more than you could ever. I could ever want it to be. Um, and, uh, and I think what Ariel Ariel Hawani has something or something about it, right, Marcus? That was a good point about Tito. 
Oh, he said, now we never need to see Tito Ortiz yeah. fight again, which is, we could have made that we don't need to see, before, we, we don't need to but... see Tito Ortiz do anything ever again, folks. That was That's it. That's true. I, don't I, need I think, to... yeah, outside yeah. of fighting, just full stop, social media, dead, public life. Yeah, uh, I, I like Anderson Silva thanking Bruce Lee and Wing Chun, specifically. <laughs> like, specifically? And he did it with his nice, high-pitched English. Of course. Voice, I mean, that's just his but, voice. You know, that's just his voice. Yeah, and then he, uh, you know, gave me a big shit-eating grin on his face, and I'm like, God, Anderson, I forgot how much fun you were as champion when things are going well. Um, yeah, that was wonderful. And then Tito got on social media later uh, and said that Anderson Silva's a class act because Anderson Silva gave his first-class ticket out. <laughs> I saw that video to, just now. To Tito's wife, which I was just like, did they really fly Tito first class and told them his wife can grab a fucking coach seat or, thriller? Or like, like, it's like, okay, Tito, we got you first class, but you got to sit next to Anderson. And for it's like, why would you, I don't know what the like rationale there was, but he yeah. gave up a seat, which was, you know, really, I mean, and like you said, Bob, I think the most important thing is like, we kind of thought in the UFC when he was rounding out his career, like that was going to be kind of it. I, don't, I mean, I, I think we, we both, talked about potentially him going somewhere else because he did run out his contract, but we didn't really know like what post MMA UFC Anderson, we were really going to see. He seems very um, aware of it too, where he's like, my body can't take an MMA training camp. Yeah. Which I'm not sure what it says about boxing sailor, but I guess it means there's less grappling. There's less, you know, the, the joint pain is probably, he's just worried about his hands right now, man. That's yeah. it. I mean, I mean, really, he's just got to worry about, you know, being limber enough to to move around the ring. He doesn't have to worry about, yeah, sprawling, you know, exploding back up, you know, getting up to his feet really quickly. Uh, you know, I, I think boxing does lend itself to some degree to fighting potentially later into your career. I mean, I think that's hard to say when you've been a boxer full time to be at like, what's Anderson, like 46 or something like 45, 45. Like it that, yeah, would be something. a different story if Anderson was only a boxer his whole career and it was still fighting because boxing is just like you're just taking a lot of shots in any particular match and training. It's just a, a lot more punches hitting and evading in your head than you probably do in MMA because you're training clinching and grappling and all these other things and boxing is just like you're throwing punches or dodging punches the whole time um but yeah it, it's it's been really nice to see him continue his career late into his age you know longer than you know i think anyone would really want a combat sport athlete to continue i mean i think i think at 40 is kind of like when you get 40 it should be like okay i'm wrapping we it don't up want here. we don't want anybody that age taking brain damage exactly um, yeah. Which will lead into the, the main event. But it has been really nice to see him pivot into boxing and him being successful. And honestly, like, they, they've been kind of freak showy fights, right? Because, I mean, it's hard. What non-freak show fight could he get that would make sense? You can't have I mean, like, he's, an active it, He's part of it. He's yeah. almost part of the he's, he's happy. He's the freak show element, too, on some level. He's a 47-year-old MMA legend. Yeah, I mean, and I think what has been refreshing, though, at least in the, a lot of the you know MMA fighters crossing over, is that he is a striker, right? Like, this is not this is not such a new realm to him as it was, especially with Ben Askren, but also Tyrone Woodley. You know, boxing is a completely different game. It always seemed like a striker was going to have a more easy avenue. And we've seen a lot of the strikers of MMA that have gotten older go into bare knuckle boxing, right? Like I think boxing after MMA has become somewhat of a, a next path, but it's just been really nice to see, like I said, him kind of not only being successful, but just kind of being appreciated and garnered as, you know, the legend that he, he obviously is. And I think, you know, MMA is a sport that we talked about a lot where it's like, it's always about what you've done lately. You can look at the end of his UFC career and be like, oh, he kind of washed up. You know, he wasn't able to beat guys like Uriah Hall that we thought 
earlier in his career wouldn't have been a problem. Uh, it's just nice to see him potentially, you know, ending up on a high note. Um, it looks like he still wants to be active. I think there's, you know, there's lots of talks about what his next fight is going to be. And I just mostly, I hope for not only his continued success, but that he doesn't take a lot of punishment mostly. Yeah. Put a pin in that, uh, kind of what his next fight is going to be. Cause mm. that's going to come up in a second here, but I just want to say we didn't, Anderson didn't do anything outside of the octagon. I don't think. Yeah. I can remember. I mean, look, Anderson, he, look, he cheated. Um, sure. and he shouldn't have cheated. Just honestly, given what's what we got going on right now in the, in sports and this sport specifically, still makes Anderson a saint. Just Anderson didn't, you know, go out there and support a fascist president. Yeah. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he. I don't know what's yeah, going I mean, on Bolsonaro. I don't want to, I'm to Google. I'm not, I'm not to Google Anderson's feelings on Bolsonaro. To be honest. Yeah. But I'm just saying, Anderson. We could appreciate the man was a goddamn artist in the octagon, and it's nice to see him doing stuff. And mm-hmm. we're, I have some suggestions for – I think I have the same suggestions I had last time for his fucking next fight. Anyway, mm-hmm. we'll get into that. Um, main event, Mark. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Tito – I mean uh, Vitor versus De La Hoya would have been interesting considering mm-hmm. Vitor is 200 pounds mm-hmm. and Oscar 170, 100. I don't – I'm not a boxing guy, but I feel if he was able to fight Manny Pacquiao at 150 or whatever it was – there's yeah. no scenario where De La Hoya was boxing more than 170 pounds, right? I mean, like, that's he fought Mayweather too. Yeah, I How don't really know what he like what his fighting weight is, but that was one of the first things that kind of caught my eye when they made this pivot from De La Hoya to um, uh, Holyfield. Was this like Holyfield was a heavyweight? You know, like that's a big jump up an opponent from. I mean, and like you, I was kind of thinking maybe De La Hoya was around 170. I mean, yeah, you're talking about him fighting Manny and. Um, Floyd and those guys were around like 45, 55. I mean, and again, I always see so middleweight in... appears to be his highest okay. weight class. And what was that like? Seven? Uh, middleweight 65, 160. Yeah, like come so, on, man. I mean, let's say he's got you know, he's got a little older. Yeah, but I, like I'd imagine he put on a few pounds, you know, not being an active camp all this time, but like, yeah, that's kind of a big jump up. I mean. Where, where was the fight even what weight was it supposed to be at like at 85 because we never seen I don't know, because down the to main like event, 70 the main event was mm-hmm. 200 pounds versus 230 pounds or whatever yeah. so what, there was no rules to this thing we're yeah. lucky someone didn't throw a fucking you know the shin kick to somebody here man um this didn't look i we have a lot, a lot of fun with vitor um but vitor is a dangerous man like vitor is a vitor will fuck you up i i know banner holyfield's a world champion and one of the greatest fighters ever, greatest heavyweights ever. He's fifty-eight fucking years old. Mm. Like, come Been on, man. Since he fought, he a decade or so ago when he wanted to fight, they told him this is a bad idea. Like, look, if he needed the money, cool, I get it. And in that case, that referee did God's work, Mark, because oh yeah, uh, Evander fell through the fell down throwing a punch. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that what yeah. happened there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a slip. I mean, which kind of shows you. I mean, I think even before going to the fight, one thing you mentioned that I didn't. I wasn't really keeping a finger on like on the pulse of this one, but you, you asked me like, "Oh, did you see Holyfield hitting pads?" And I was like, "I hadn't, but I'm going to now." And yeah, I mean, he, he I mean, look, 
he looked pretty good for a 59 year old man like i think i mean he still was faster than tito so that's fine (laughs) that might have been harsh tito you might have been a little faster (laughs) yeah but i mean it was one of those things where it's like and i didn't like i didn't chalk it up to be like oh this is like i mean look at him being 59 is enough warning lights that i don't need to see him hit pads to also be concerned but at the same time i was like okay look i don't know if he's putting every you know how old's tyson tyson went out there and did this like two years ago and he looked fine a year ago how much older is evander than tyson yeah but also like like, i'm not going to condemn someone if they don't look great hitting pads because i don't know maybe he's not trying that hard maybe he's trying to will the people into thinking that you know he's he's of a certain caliber but we obviously saw like yeah this guy hasn't fought in over a decade you know he's damn near 60 years old like this is so far past the prime that it was going to be an act of god for him to even you know try to keep pace with someone i mean look and victor belfort is you know he's had his own trials and tribulations throughout his career he hasn't always looked great but when he's been on and especially you know when we kind of mentioned and unofficially a lot of people are just saying you know he's on trt again did you see how young he looked he looked very it looked like it would look like it was too though i'm not talking like his face his face looked like he it was 2009 and mark i don't know what happened is he, I is he over so 40 young. yet i don't know he might yeah, he's like four he's like 42 okay they're all so old. still yeah yeah so i mean <laughs> all overall, our heroes are old man <laughs> oh yeah i mean it's just we're, we're getting old so yeah like people yeah. watch you know i mean we remember belford being a young you know the phenom when he started but that was many decades ago but but yeah i mean the outcome of this fight wasn't surprising uh and mostly at the end of the day yeah i think you could look at it and i think you know a lot of the conversations i've heard is like if, if this was a different fighter holy field if it was someone that was in their prime it would have been a horrible stoppage right i mean he got knocked down once and then basically belford kind of flurried on him and once he got a clean shot in the referee stopped it and i think you could you know i think most people would think outside of these circumstances of someone being damn near 60 the fight may have been called off prematurely I think it was the best call the referee could make. I think it was the right call. At the end of the day, it's fun to see these old legends, you know, lace it up again and get in there and, you know, see what they still have. But when the outcome is becoming, you know, painfully clear, um, I'm all for let's avoid getting these guys more damage than they need to. Much like with the Ben Askren fight, right? When Ben Askren took that hit from Jake Paul, I was like, okay. That's that's all I needed to know. Could, could he land that hit? And if he could, he'd win the fight. I didn't need to see Ben Askren take another, you know, shellacking, another another down to to know who won that fight. And in the same case here, you know, I really didn't need Belfort to to blitz on him anymore to land more clean shots for us to kind of know who, who who the better man was that night. So at the end of the day, I'm very thankful um, the referee called it so quickly. And you know, my my biggest thought was kind of like with Thriller with what they're putting out i wonder how successful this event's going to be potentially how successful their net next event could be because i mean for me this event I, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up man. Okay. i'm sorry to cut you off but like i really like what who was this for like that was my question i yeah. like there was a, I, I was trying to pull up the names of the people who perform music but they well, were. Like, I was going to ask. Was there any? I didn't know. The yeah, there was four of them. Oh, Jesus yeah, lengthy. <laughs> but it wasn't like, look, you had a bunch of guys here who were at their peak. Well, Anderson's peak was like late 2009, 10, 11, something like that. Sure. But yeah, we're talking early 2000s for Tito and mm-hmm. uh, Oscar would have been on this thing, and Evander was the 90s. Like, and it wasn't like they sent out like, I'm trying to think of like a night like Smash Mouth, somebody from like. 
they put young generation. Yeah, they put younger people. Aligned. Yeah, they put younger people right. in, and like, I don't know, the fight cards at five p.m. on a Saturday. That was weird. I I yeah. don't. I, I mean, were we the were we the target? Is what I'm getting at here. Were you and me the target audience? For this? <sighs> I mean, beyond putting the MMA fan thing aside, like let's say we weren't current MMA fans. We were fans of Tito. We knew Tito. We knew you know Anderson. We were watching you know around that time. Were we the target audience for this? Because I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, I don't. It is hard to really fathom what they were expecting. Because, I mean, with the last event, it kind of made sense. And you have Jake Paul, who is a YouTube star, who is, I think, you know, demographically skews younger than us, right? I would, I would imagine people in their 20s or even teens, maybe, are kind of of that fan base. So to have like, you know, Justin Bieber and those musical acts kind of all coalesce like, okay, they're going for a younger audience than us. I don't know who performed. Like you said, it was probably more uh, yeah, I was trying artists to find that, the, uh, that are popular now yeah, um, yeah. than, you know, in the past. Like, like you said, I mean, God, what a clusterfuck of a show if it was Smash Mouth and like Foo Fighters. I don't know. I don't know who oh, man, if it was Foo Fighters, I might, have had, I might have had to think about like, I, I don't want to give money to, to – the Donald Trump people, but I also like the Foo Fighters. I didn't so, know no. they had musical. I thought they might have skipped out on that, but yeah, I don't know what who who's buying this and appreciating it and wanting more. I mean, what I will say about the event, like, look at as someone who likes combat sports, I like seeing knockouts. Like, I didn't like the Tyrone Woodley Jake Paul that fight fight that much because it turned into kind of like a standard boxing match where you kind of knew like, okay, this one guy is technically better than the other. And he's winning these rounds. They're not spectacular. He's just putting more work in than the other guy. Those type of matches don't really interest me. I feel like they become very formulaic. And especially with, you know, um, high tier, um, you know, the best of the best. Sometimes those fights can just be a little bland. So I'm like, look at, I love a good first round knockout. But also if I'm someone that like, like, like the reality is I'm someone that was interested to know the outcome of this fight was interested to watch it after the fact where I didn't have to pay money for it. The fact that the two fights that had any interest for me ended so quickly and ended up on Twitter within, you know, 10 minutes of them happening kind of just made it, it was like, yeah, I'm super glad I didn't buy this event. You know, I had no interest in giving Thriller any of my money for this, but I still want to see what happens. And I they, got they to see sure they're never getting a dollar of my money with an event. Like, well, well, here's the thing. It's not fair. Yeah. They don't fight TV now. That's my honestly. That's my biggest issue with all this because they're running a clown shoes operation, Mark, mm -hmm. and I'm getting a lot of elite XC vibes. Not for the good reasons. I'm not sure what the good sure. reasons would be. I was going to say getting, like there's not a lot. I'm getting, to I'm getting a lot of elite XC vibes. They claimed that they asked President Obama to they were to do this, and President Obama's foundation is like, no. Yeah, that's what? the right move. No. So I I did want to circle back to that because, I mean. I think we've made our political views somewhat clear on this podcast, especially how we feel about the last presidency. What I will say is the presidency was not a place for Donald Trump. This was not a platform that he was, you know, had the credentials for that rose to the occasion that did the job. Well, him commenting boxing personally is more of the shoot. I think that fits him. Like, I don't want to listen to him and I won't listen to him. But like, as far as things that he, sh I feel like he's appropriately, you know, adjusted for talking about fights. I mean, he did run a casino. He did promote fights. You know, this well, he is just talked about how he just talked about how everybody's a patriot. That was much of his uh, great warriors and patriots. Okay, on this card. I didn't, I mean, I obviously didn't hear in the commentary. I just read an article about it where they talked about like, 
for the most part, yeah, he talked about boxing and he knew a lot about old boxers when he used to, you know, promote fights in his casinos. And it's like, this is an avenue I don't care. This is more befitting him of what I think he's capable He'll end up of. A cra- and if a crowd's going to clap for him in the middle of Bumblefuck, Florida, and cool, these are his people. Yeah, he can become. Just, yeah, he can become. He can become. He can become governor of that little f- fucking backwater state. At all, uh, for all I care, man, let him well, stay no, there. No, that, that's 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 the opposite of what I'm saying. Like he does not. No, that's fine. I, I've given up on that state entirely, Mark. But it's fine. but it's just what I'm they saying. Get... Like him commentating boxing as like a pseudo celebrity. That's somewhat of what I feel is in his wheelhouse. Him being in politics is absolutely not, and that's a travesty. And he should not be governing. He does not know how to do that. He has no experience. If you want to put a mic, I mean, obviously the dude just loves a camera and a mic. If he wants to talk bullshit about boxing, like he's quasi more qualified for that than any government job, you know, being secretary of of a city, let alone, you know, president of the United States. So I felt in that regard, like, okay, this is something that he quasi fits into. I'm not interested in listening to him because he's just, you know, a bag of hot air. But at least I'm like, okay, this is something that kind of fits in with something that I feel like he has some knowledge on. If he wants to talk about reality TV, he has experience in that. Just team out of politics, I'm fine with it. Um, but that's all I had to say about it. I didn't listen to him commentate. Uh, I did hear that, I guess Steph said that he, Don Jr. was on in the booth with him, but he never directly talked to his son once during the whole fight, which I thought <laughs> seems accurate and apropos. So, um, but yeah, I, at, at the end of the day, I don't know what this promotion is doing, and it does. Scream, I, I just I don't like it. It is I don't, I mean, aff- just... affliction. We we've seen in the MMA space a lot of promoters come in with a bunch of money and be like, "Okay, we're going to make the dream matchups. We're going to be a competitor to the UFC or Pride or whoever was the top dog there," and they all kind of fizzle out. And it seems like it, it's hard to believe this company is going to do it differently. Um, but like you said, they do have other. Uh, revenue streams that do seem more profitable than their promotion because so far their promotion um you know has really been a, a freak show and and one that's not entertaining enough to warrant half the price they're asking for let alone because wasn't this 60 bucks right i don't think this was a cheap i think it was some shit i thought it was 50 bucks maybe 50 or 60 is like way i mean this is something maybe at 20 dollars. i may be thinking about but again like social media is kind of your worst enemy in this regard because if you're if your fights last around and they can put it in a GIF and slap it onto Twitter and get that around before you block it, it's kind of like, well, I'm going to save my money and time and I'll just see, you know, the 40 second replay is all I really need to see. It's all I watched and I felt like I got more than my my non money worth. So I don't know. It's weird. I, I don't know. Yeah, how... I, I don't. They're they don't. They're not making money. I can't There's imagine. No way. They're, they're losing money hand over fist. Um, and uh, I'm worried. Because they own Fight TV, mm-hmm. which um, I actually ordered my first thing in a while off of Fight TV. I ordered uh, AEW All Out mm-hmm. on there. That stream was crisp. It was great. I mean, I can't get fucking ESPN Plus to work for 10 consecutive minutes at times. These motherfuckers work for four hours without a fucking, you know, dr- dropping the ball at all. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know what? I hope somebody buys. I hope somebody keeps that thing alive when Jeff Schwartz goes out of business. I, I, I think that's something that you don't have to worry about too much. I think that platform, like you said, when they bought it, that was like the smartest move they did. Coming, gearing up for the Jake Paul fight was like they bought a company that has actual value for fight fans and whatever, um, and for pro wrestling fans too. So that's a good move. I think if 
thriller does just eventually, you know, fold under its own weight because they're bloating these cards and paying for all these acts and, and paying these fighters more money than they're generating and they go under, I imagine that somebody will come and pick up Fight TV or, or, or Fight whatever it's called. Um, it, it could yeah. be the UFC. I could see them trying to get that. And Oh, no, no, no. I'm, a- I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, Tony Khan, man, you got a lot of money. You can't trust Bleacher Report Live for your AEW streams. We all know that. Oh, okay, I didn't know who Tony yeah. Khan was, but someone oh, from yeah. AEW that would make a lot of sense. That I'm would. Sure. That would. We'll be, talk about gotta, that uh, stuff how much later. could it cost? Come on, how much could this thing cost? Yeah, that'd um, be a good move. Yeah, I don't. I don't like what Triller's doing. They're losing money. Jake Paul said they don't have thirty million dollars for this alleged winner take all fight. They suggest between Jake Paul and Vitor Belfort. Mm-hmm. Look, the fight to make is Anderson Silva versus Jake Paul. Mm. It's that's it, and this kid's not going to say yes. There's well because he's, he's not. He's not he, this is a bad idea for him. He's not bigger than him. It'll be someone that's mm. actually quasi his size. Mm. It's not a washed out wrestler. It's a washed out striker. I mean, you know, he he is forty whatever years old, which is still like come on. Mm. Um, but yeah, it doesn't fit the narrative that he's that he's groomed his components, which have mostly been like yeah, older guys that have retired wrestlers who don't know how to box. Um, so you know, Anderson doesn't. You know, he doesn't give a shit about your antics. Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva doesn't give a fuck about whatever bullshit you're going to try to pull at the weigh-ins and what weird tattoo bet you want to make. Anderson Silva is going to have his own antics. All right? Anderson Silva would knock this kid out, Mark. Yeah, I, I, mean, it, it's, I mean, at this point with Anderson Silva, the only question I have is, is the chin going to hold up? I mean, I, I think it is a compelling fight. I mean, I think Jake Paul has shown enough to make me think, like, you know, he's, he's, he's legitimate. You know, he's going to be able to fight – these retired MMA guys or whatever and, and be able to hold his own to some degree. Now, I think the Woodley fight did show like, you know, he's not a terror. He's not going to rip through everybody in the first round and knock them all out. He'll have to work. And when he works, he puts in good work. You know, he, he won those I mean, rounds. Was he was the, active. I mean, he won. He won six rounds, right? Um, yeah. yeah, on, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. That's the four in the last week. We I just, gave to look, Woodley. You, this is my logic. If Anderson Silva fought Tyron Woodley, he told me it was a boxing match. I'm like, well, Tyron Woodley's going to have a rough night. That's yeah. my logic. I mean, that's what I'm going with here. Yeah, I think we've seen that Jake Paul can be technical. He's not just going to mad rush you and, and, and get the knockout. He's going to wait for those punches to try to materialize. And if they don't, he's going to dance around you and and put punches on you and try to win rounds. And I think that's something that Anderson's completely capable of staying up to task with. And I think it is it is a compelling and interesting fight because of his size and his repertoire. I don't know... If Jake Paul's super interested in that fight, but I don't really There's know. There's no chance. There's no I mean, chance, who, man. Who are they, they're saying he might fight that uh that Tyson kid, right? Who's like I think Masvidal. And they talked about Masvidal, and that's the other one. And again, Masvidal's one of these fighters who would be his change would be that he's more of a of a boxer. He's more of a striker than his his other two MMA components, but he's also a smaller guy. You know, Jorge Masvidal at 170, you know, he fought most of his career at 155. So, you know, he's going to fight Jake Paul, who's around like what, 190, around 200 pounds. So he's going to have that, that height and uh, weight advantage like he has enjoyed in his last couple of fights. But that's a little bit more compelling because, you know, I mean, he's not, if he's going to do it, he's not taking that Vitor Belfort thing because, at least people will watch the internet. I mean, not that people don't know Vitor Belfort, but that's the other proposal was Vitor Belfort was calling mm-hmm. him out. I I know Vitor's a big deal in Brazil, and I know that, that people talk about Anderson Silva didn't become a big deal until he beat Vitor. Mm-hmm. But uh, in this country, uh, Anderson Silva's like still got a name. Mm-hmm. Vitor never 
Vitor hasn't had hasn't mattered since really mattered in 15 years, probably. Right. Sure. Like, so I don't, I mean, if I'm going to take a fight, I mean, they may, he might just be like, if I'm going to fight a, an MMA fighter who can fucking throw hands, I might as well fight the one people are going to watch. Sure. Yeah. Vitor's Vitor. Honestly, Vitor's got real fast hands. Like Vitor's a striker too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and he looked good in this fight. I mean, again, his opposition was such that it's hard to get a good look. And the one thing I did notice that I was like, I was waiting for this to happen. I'm, I'm surprised that Ben didn't do this or even Woodley. Um, I guess Anderson, I think is, you know, uh, matured enough as a boxer to not do this, but you know, Belford was doing what I thought all these other guys would do was like grappling, grab the back of the head and do dirty boxing uppercuts, mm-hmm. which he did. And the referee didn't really seem to give two shits. And I was like, well, that's very much illegal. But in this amateur exhibition fight, honestly, really the referee was just like, I'm going to count to 15 and see if I can stop this. Oh, yeah. not yet. Let me count to 15 again. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you know. Whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think in this weird freak show type of roulette we have with these fighters, like I think him and Anderson is obviously very compelling because Anderson has really proven himself against another, you know, professional boxer that he can hang with him. Obviously, he demolished uh, Tito. Belford's kind of interesting, again, because they're similarly sized, you know, um, and, you know, he looked good against Evander Holyfield. I don't think that's saying a lot. And then I don't really know, you know, Jorge Masvidal, okay, I don't think that's happening because he's still under UFC contract, so that's definitely going to be more difficult. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think Anderson would make a lot of sense, or Belford. I think those are, you know, compelling for the reasons all these, you know, freak show fights are kind of compelling. But You um, remember when the UFC was going to put on put their own uh, Zufa boxing promotion together? I mean, they, they, they licensed And, and then they realized that, right? they, that someone thought about the Ali Act, and they're like, oh. No, I guess they, well, they kind of made a law about can't do this. exploiting, huh? We can't huh? do this. Um, did we did we get a chance to shit on Travis Brown on this podcast? No. What did Travis Brown do? You didn't know about this? No, I think you told me, but I forgot. When, when David Dana White went on Travis Brown's right, podcast, right, which, right, 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 right. Why does why does Travis Brown have a podcast? And then Dana White blamed the media for bringing up the fighters complaining about money, which I don't think that's. I think the fighters are complaining about money, and the media is like, look at that guy, he's complaining about money. They're reporting it. Um, and then Travis Brown called everybody a bunch of pussies for complaining about money. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah, I mean, look, we all can't <laughs> marry Ronda Rousey and just retire on a farm. You know, I mean, some of these guys. I look. I mean, look, I'm I'm only give Travis Brown a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because I was watching that WWE Hall of Fame thing when that crazy fan ran into the ring and tackled mm. Bret Hart, and then Travis Brown got on top of this motherfucker and started beating his ass. So you defend Bret Hart, I support you on some level. But come on, Travis Brown, like what kind of fucking schmuck ass response was that, Mark? Uh, well, I mean, to be honest, let's be real. It it would take a lot of balls and gumption to invite Dana uh, White on your podcast and then hold his feet to the fire. Like, I, I'm not really going to Travis Brown for that type of uh, analysis or, uh, you know, cutthroat reporting. Um, so I'm not surprised at this outcome, but it is kind of like. I mean, you were in the game, you know, you, you had to deal with negotiating and stuff. But again, like, I don't, was Travis Brown, I don't think he was around when they did the universal uniform. So he probably had the he freedom might, I think of. That was, that was seven years. I'd be at least fought somebody. I don't know. I mean, maybe, but I honestly don't. Like, I, don't I mean, I don't know. I, heard Travis, I think Travis Brown was making like a hundred grand a fight. Which, which is good money. I mean, it's, nice, it's, nice, I mean good, it's look, nice being a heavyweight. Some of these guys make good money because they had good contracts. Like you look at Overeem. And he's pulling, you know, $300,000 a fight. It's like, damn, he 
he's got a good contract. That's not too shabby. But you know, you see a lot of these guys that are that are quality prospects coming up. When you look at like Paul Paul Acosta, and he's like, yeah, like I fought for the belt, but I'm still making twenty and twenty. And it's like, look at forty thousand if you win. Like, isn't that's not chump change or anything? But these are elite athletes, you know, fighting for the premier organization. And I think when all the numbers come out about revenue sharing from the UFC versus, you know, other professional sports. And, you know, let's not, you know, mince words here. You know, the UFC isn't the NBA or the NFL, but they draw, you know, they bring in good money and they're not really being, you know, getting paid that much. And then when you really dig into these contracts and what they can and can't do and how they don't really have the freedom. They got a crypto logo on their chest. As Luke Rockhold was saying, like, what the fuck? Why do we have a snake on our shorts? You don't see that on baseball teams or basketball teams. I'm like, Luke Rockhold's making a good point, folks. Luke I mean, Rockhold's we talked about point. it way back in the day, but it, it always pissed me off when they were like, okay, we want to do this professional uniform. We want to look more the part or whatever, but UFC still going to slap on, you know, com- Condom Depot ads all over the fucking place. And I mean, look, they don't do Condom Depot anymore, but... When the octagon didn't lose, they do that space. vodka. They do that vodka where none of us are convinced is a real vodka, and it's yeah, just a front for. Like, so you're taking <laughs> the ad stuff. revenue from the fighters, but it's not like you're classing up the joint with just having a UFC logo in the middle of the octagon. It's like no, you got fucking advertisements all over the place. We're doing special pit stops for the Harley Davidson. Like you're still making the extra money on the side, but you won't allow the fires, and that's just. One of a list of things that, you know, I mean, they kind of hold. I, I was honestly, do you remember when they, people were saying like, oh, it's bullshit that UFC makes the sponsor pay the UFC some money and then they can sponsor the fighter. I remember honestly being okay with that because I was like, okay, well, that makes some level of sense to me because like they put you on this broadcast. It's the UFC's air. Exactly. The yeah. UFC gets their, the UFC gets their beak wet. You know what I mean? Not to make it sound scummy, but I was actually okay with that. I'm like, I, it makes sense I, to me. I, I am too. Like if, your, if, your, if your organization can't come up with 50 grand, is what I think it was. If you came up with, can't come up with 50 grand, do you really think you should be on fucking ESPN or Fox at the time? Yeah. Fox, you know and what I mean? It, that was cool. I was, I got that. But like, come on, bro. Like <laughs> well, they, they cut the fighters out and then, you know, back when they first started, they're like, oh, they're going to get all this other money from T-shirt sales. And we looked into it and it's like, I can't fu- I can't fucking buy a T-shirt for the guy I like. I can only buy a T-shirt for Chuck Liddell and the guys that are already making bank. Why can't I support, you know, Louis Smoka and buy his fucking jersey and give him a little prop because I like him or whatever. And it's just there's been a thousand things like that, you know, and I, I'm sure the UFC brass doesn't like about how much fighter pay has been talked about you know in the media but again like you said bobby i don't i'm sure there's been some articles that have been unprompted that someone you know has to write a story this is an interesting topic for them but most of the time it's because someone fucking brought it up i mean your heavyweight champion and your light heavyweight, interim champion. heavyweight champion and your light heavyweight champion who's gone and uh i'm assuming your welterweight champion wants money given how many keys he'll call out jorge mosfidal a third time if he needs to yeah i mean when and you know the biggest like, fight I mean, they can book is john jones and francis and they're both like fucking let's do it Let, let's let's sign the contract and make sure the money's right for both of us but let's make this big money fight that the fans want to see and the ufc is like well what if we do an interim yeah, belt we, instead? We, we, gotta, we gotta set a precedent for this much money for these guys yeah and, look I'm just saying you're not going to afford – no one's going to give you more money just because they feel like it. Yeah. Like yep. the UFC's done. the UFC's done the math. I mean they're like how much more money do we need to spend to take this sport to the next level? And that number is too high, which I don't think there is. I mean what are they going to do? There's a fight card every week. If you want to fight, you can mm-hmm. go one place. Yeah. 
Um, they're doing a card this weekend. They are. Uh, I mean, kind of. <laughs> and like, I feel bad for these guys too, because um, Anthony Smith is not like some bum. No, you know? it's no. for a championship, and um, this is Ryan Spawn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna call him Darren, but I'm realizing that's Deron Wynn. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I convinced the two guys. Um, these are good fighters, and this is a fight worthy of being on a fight night or maybe a pay-per-view opener or something like that. But, whoa, what are we doing here? The rest of this card is terrible. Yeah, I mean, like, and when are, we... Are they going to let Kute Laba show up painted green to the weigh-ins at least? Probably. That's like kind of a stick. No, uh, you yeah. muted, Bob. Yeah, sorry. Um, that was... I don't know. I mean... I don't. This card is terrible. Well, remember when Bob Joaquin Buckley was a thing for like twenty minutes? Yeah, no, I saw him at the the bottom here. I mean, and really, I think when we're talking about this card being bad, it's the UFC has a huge roster, um, and a lot of the fighters just haven't either been given the spotlight or what have you to really garner the you know mainstream kind of appeal and to get people excited. So we have a lot of cards like this, right? This isn't the first time, you know. Uh, the last card wasn't particularly great too. And I think that was, you know, with Patty and a lot of the English fighters, that was an interesting take, but there's just a lot of cards that are just feel uninspired, right? They just feel like we got to, these guys got to get fights. Um, and again, like it, it fills that void. If you're just like, you know, Saturday night, it's like, I just want to watch some fights happen. You know, this will get you there, but it's hard to get super excited leading up to it. Um, because the name values aren't really there, you know, next week we'll talk about the big pay-per-view coming up and that's obviously a lot more appealing. I think when they really need to put a great card together, they can, and they do mostly for the pay-per-views, which is good because, you know, in the past, we definitely had some pay-per-views that were very lacking and that's mostly disappointing. We have to pay extra money, you know, this being, you know, ESPN card, it just, it kind of, it's there if you want it, but it's not like must-see TV, which is kind of yeah, disheartening. You know, if, if you're trying to scratch the MMA itch that night, you might as well go to uh, Bellator. I mean, and it's not that that card is amazing, Mark, but this is my argument for it. Uh, the UFC recognizes these ESPN Clark, uh, Plus cards are horseshit, too, and you're not exactly getting the A-plus show right there. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, Bellator is also going to have a crowd. And sure, yeah. it's got a, it's got a, it's got their former world champion on there, and Phil Davis main eventing against Yoel Romero, mm-hmm. Olympic medalist. That's that's the biggest sign. Bellator will make a big deal of this fight. You know they'll have um, Luke Thomas there, I'm sure, and Brian Campbell. Maybe we might have Ariel over there, or Moro will probably be on the call. That's true. This is gonna be a, they're, this is they're gonna send they're gonna make this a big deal to them. And sure, Neiman Gracie versus Mark Lemonberger isn't exactly a you know something you're gonna write home about if right. you know, in terms of name value. But they got some guys on here. They got some young guys. They got Georgie Karakanian on there who wants a new contract, so he should probably win this. You know, Saul Rogers been on Bellator cards forever. It's not bad. I mean, in terms of that, and this is like it's not their greatest show, but I mean, you and I aren't going to this. We would have liked to, but didn't get a chance to put our credentials in on time and stuff. But I mean, I don't know if we've had a live MMA event in California. Yeah, it's been a yeah. long. I mean, even before but the pandemic. Do we have anything in LA in the, uh, during the pandemic? I'm not sure. It, it would seem unlikely in this state. So it isn't. We don't do a lot of the live shows. I realize. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, it, this is a a compelling card for for Bellator. I think the main event is obviously very interesting, and the undercard of the you know the main event undercard is is not horrible. Um, so these are two guys who aren't in the tournament. Then obviously, the tournament's over. Is the tournament over? Are we down to the finals? No, it's not over. 
Are we, are we at Nemkov and are we at Nemkov and Rumble? Is that co-main event? Is that the semis? I think because I think they they filled out the bracket, but I didn't really see it. But yeah, I think Davis lost his match, right? Yeah, he lost. Yeah. He lost his opener. So yeah, this is he lost like, Nemkov, right? I mean, could this be and a um? What do they call it? Uh, replacement? Yeah, alternate. I honestly don't know. I think I think Yoel just wanted, they wanted to get Yoel a fight. Yeah, he needs Yoel to get, was he gonna needs fight. To he was gonna he fight Rumble. Fight. Yeah. So and if and if Rumble does lose to Nemkov, it seems like they could real quickly book Rumble and Nemkov, uh, Rumble and uh, Yoel again because we need to see that fight. Yeah, like come and on, man. Phil that, Davis that is a really compelling test. You know, I mean, obviously Romero is extremely explosive um, and is also a great wrestler, but Phil Davis is a guy that you know doesn't really have that power, but is a lot more active. Like this guy's going to be throwing; he's going to make you work. And if you shoot on him, he's not just going to go belly up and you know give up takedowns. Yo, he's going to be able Yoel to does one of those take one of those like ankle pick takedowns he does mm-hmm. on Phil Davis. I'm going to lose my fucking mind. It's, like that would be it's so compelling. sick. Um, I mean, we have to also remember, you know, Romero is very old himself. Like, what is he, like 40, 44? It seems like the age is catching up. It has to at some point. It just, it's just math. It just All of his fights are 25 minutes of him getting hit, too. Yeah, and like, him not <laughs> moving a lot, too. But but it, it's compelling. Yes, yeah, so I think, like, you know, between the two cards, you're going to have a handful of fights that are, you know, quasi-interesting. So you'll be able to, you know, fill out your uh, Saturday evening if you if you got the itch. But... Yeah, it's a little it's a little disappointing on the UFC end, but next week they're they're giving us some good stuff, so I'm not going to complain too much. But it's just you know the nature of the beast, I suppose. Yeah, um, let's just talk about other shit. We've been talking about. I think we, <laughs> we talked filled... about MMA for about eight minutes. Yeah. We talked about MMA for about eight minutes, and most of it was boxing. That was bullshit. But we that's got fine. to the we got to the 50 minute mark here, and uh, I think we're doing pretty good for what what we had to work with. So I think we could start let's wrapping do, uh... up. <laughs> Let's do stuff we like. Sure. Um, I didn't get a chance to. I wasn't here for all out. I post mm. all out, which yes. um, Marcus um, they are referring to as the greatest wrestling pay per view um, since WrestleMania 17, which was 2001. Mm. Um, you might remember that WrestleMania is the one where they did Stone Cold versus The Rock. Okay, and they listened yeah. to that Limp Bizkit song about <laughs> 750 times, sure, sure. which is considered it's considered one of the greatest video packages ever. But it's just we heard right. that song so many times. Right. Um, if you guys want some fun, you're not wrestling fans. You go ahead and go on YouTube, Stone Cold versus The Rock, uh, my way. And just we that commercial constantly. Um, anyway, um, it was incredible. Great show. There was no bad match on there. Um, the poor Chicago crowd seemed a little tired after CM Punk being in the co-main event. Mm-hmm. Um, main event of Christian versus Kenny Omega was pretty fucking great. I've never seen a table break. In a way that one of the legs poked through while it was breaking, so That's Christian kind of like yeah, Christian got gashed in the ribs. Ooh, it didn't go that deep. But it, it looked kind of Christian. Up. We're talking Edge and Christian. Christian, yeah, Christian couldn't wrestle for seven or eight years for concussion reasons, right. I guess. And I guess he got cleared by a doctor, and he was okay, and he's back. Um, and he was, you know, he's a great wrestler, and Kenny's kind of fucking Kenny. He was great match. Um. The Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers put on a great match. They put a they did a steel steel cage tag match, which is interesting because there's no tagging obviously in a steel cage, and it's not like a Hell in a Cell. We have all that room around it, so they were just on top of each other. And uh, one dude put on a pair of Air Jordans with thumbtacks taped to the bottom. Nice. And then super and then super kicked the other guy. That was real gross. <laughs> real gross. Um, that was best cage match I think I've ever seen. At the end of the show, Adam Cole came out with a banger of a theme song mm-hmm. 
Um, and I was immediately sad because it was the end of Adam Cole on Up, Up, Down, Down. Right. The only part I was sad about because God bless him. He's five foot ten. Vince wouldn't have done, done well with him on the main roster. And then he came out. We thought he was going to attack the Young Bucks and Kenny. Instead, he joined up with them again. And then fucking Brian Danielson came out and people lost their fucking minds. Um, great show. It's it's nice. I, 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 I was talking to Stefan about this, and I might talk to you about this too, where I was like, the reason I'm getting into more and more into wrestling and I'm enjoying, it's because I'm enjoying myself. And I feel I'm not watching something surrounded with so much bullshit, which mm-hmm. is interesting to say about something that's a not a legitimate sport. Right. You know, we know what it is. But it seems like, you know, you got two, you got a, you got the big gorilla in the room is WWE and they do some good stuff. They do some bad stuff. SmackDown being kind of good. NXT was good while you're ruining it. The guys Raw is terrible. Um, but you know what? They're inclined to push themselves now because you have another organization out there who's presented a legitimate opt, a legitimate competitor and they're doing a bunch of cool shit. And everybody seems like having a good time. I'm watching these things, and it seems like everybody involved is having a good time. The fans are having a good time. And that's why I was so bummed at All Out when, like, Masvidal showed up. Because mm. I'm like, I don't need this shit, right? Like, I look, I know Chris Jericho's wife was, like, is, like, a big Trump person, and Jericho himself's a Trump person. and But I don't have to, they don't, like, I don't get this shit on the fucking show. Right. You know, it's not part of the show for me I have to deal with this stuff. I don't need Masvidal on there looking like... This piece of shit that he is these days. God, I turned on this man so quickly. He did it to himself, Mark. We loved I mean, him he for did. years. He did. We loved Jorge Masvidal so much. Just anyway, and everybody's having a good time, man. And like, look, I don't, I don't know. It just seems like everybody is just. It seems like it's on the rise. And I know UFC is killing it in the ratings, and the ESPN is thrilled with them and stuff. And they don't seem. I mean, it's we've very much just fallen into what that sport, the sport is now, which is a bunch of. No reason to watch cards in between pay per views. Mm-hmm. There's no real reason for you to watch them. And I know I'm not trying to dismiss the fighters on there. We never do. When we say this, it is the UFC's job to promote these cards to me and you. And if I don't want to watch it, they have failed to do so. Right. They've especially failed with you and me. Because do you remember when we wouldn't miss fights? Like you would come to my house and we'd watch the Facebook fights and then we'd like watch the prelims and then the whatever the tv prelims and then we get the pay-per-view like now like i will i just chime in like if i miss this thing okay i miss this thing you know whatever yeah i mean i do think it is a bold statement yeah because many years ago you know having a card each week was a fucking dream but you have to remember too like back in those old days like all the fights kind of mattered, you know, that the roster, the weight classes, there wasn't so many people there. It was like kind of everyone was kind of important every, and without even a ranking system. It's kind of like you want to watch to see who's coming up. You want to watch to see, you know, if the veterans can still get it done and the new guys coming up. And now it, there is just so much. It is hard to kind of keep track of it all and to be invested in it. So, I mean, look at we do a fucking podcast like we, we dedicate, you know, an hour plus, you know, probably, you know, two, three hours a week to you know talk mostly amongst ourselves but also to you great listeners listening and you know along with us and it it has been harder to really muster up the excitement for each of these cards and sometimes it's like maybe just the main event we're interested in and you know the other you know 24 fighters on the card we're not interested in and we're not going to see them fight and when they do if they do well and they do come up in the rankings we're going to be like i never heard of this guy they're going to need to you know 
impress us on some platform when we're interested in watching them fight. And I think that, that that's something that kind of sucks is, you know, there, there's a lot of great fighters, a lot of great athletes on here, but it is hard week in, week out to dedicate the amount of time um, that you need to to watch all these fights, especially live too. Um, you know, like I mentioned many times, I like watching after the fact because I can just fast forward through all the interim talking, you know, building up hype and just watch the fights. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's become so oversaturated. And and like you said, Bobby, kind of like formulaic, um, uninspired, I guess, because I could see a different organization putting more of a spin on it, editing, you know, how the cards go, making them quicker or something that could maybe entice us back in. Maybe if there was a smaller organization, but, you know, there is, there's other people yeah, doing like PFLs I, I doing interesting how... stuff, but it's yeah, hard to... I was... I was so bummed when PFL was announcing some weird contender series, and I'm like, "What? Don't do, don't do what they're yeah, don't doing. Don't oversaturate. That's don't, the last thing do, we you, need. You're doing great. I like everything you're. I mean, look, some of the stats I don't understand. Right. Yet there's a lot going on on the screen. But like, yeah. I Stock at least it's fucking different. That's all I want, man. Right. I want it to be different things on TV. And I know it's a sport. Like, and I'm not asking for like wild shit to start happening, but like, you know, Bellator has entrances. It's kind of cool. They got a big Monday Night Titantron. Monday Night Raw Titantron yeah. back there doing stuff like, and I mean, look, I, I you mentioned you like the style, like having entrances and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dana well, White mentioned that he, yeah, Dana White's thing has always been he likes like more the boxing thing where you just kind of come out, which whatever we disagree with, but like they do one thing, Bellator does something else. It's fine, right. you know, you know, fucking one FC lies about their revenue and has soccer kicks. Everybody does different things. Right. Okay, <laughs> it's so like this is my favorite sport, honestly. I like MMA sure. more than any. If you tell me anything is on TV, the best MMA, you give me a, a fight between the two best is more than I want to watch the best of anything else. Okay. Personally. Real question though, Bobby. AEW has an event. UFC has an event. Let's say those, let's just go. They're both killer. Okay. Like we're talking about pay-per-views on both sides. Which one would you be more excited to see? Which one would you watch live and the other one after? Without, uh, the, I'd watch the UFC live. Because okay. it's a sport. Okay. And yeah. I can, you know, even if I know the result in wrestling. It's still interesting. Um, yeah. If I mean, honestly, like, if I'm, like, miss missing, if I don't, like, know the a big debut or some shit. But, sure. like, like, the twist if you're watching a TV show. But, like, the result's cool. You tell me. If you tell me so-and-so had a, you know, banger of a match, cool, I'll watch it. If someone has, someone has a banger of a fight, I'll go watch it. You tell me somebody had a decent match, I'll probably still watch it. You give me a decent fight, I'm like, well, I've seen that. Right. I know what decent yeah, fight looks sure. like. Yeah. Like, you know, in 2021, decent have a decent match. Somebody still pro fucking probably does a corkscrew, corkscrew something. Oh sure, yeah. Everybody's a goddamn gymnast now. It's a performance. I mean, it's, it's a yeah, anybody type performance. Anybody's talking about how great the wrestling was in the late 90s, which was our era. I mean, look, the matches weren't this good. <laughs> I watched a lot of Godfather doing the hoe trade, sure. running into motherfuckers. <laughs> we got dudes right now doing double 450s. Yeah. I think okay? at the end of the day, though, it is, it's been, and as someone who hasn't, I still haven't dipped my toe in watching AEW. I'm not adversely against watching pro wrestling. Um, it just, maybe after have to that be was, right I, Yeah, I wasn't even making like an argument like watch no, pro wrestling. No, no, no. I was making a like, I found something else that right. is giving me but what, what I, I wanted. What I did want to say is I've been, I mean, obviously you and Mike and Stefan have, you know, talked the good graces of AEW often enough, but like I'm, I'm hearing more chatter on, you know, non MMA sites talking about how well 
uh, AEW is and how you know in, how how it's kind of breathing new life into pro wrestling. And it's gotten me somewhat in, in not interested enough to like take the plunge to really you know get invested. And the last time I did was uh, NXT, and I thought that was great. And from what I hear, they about, killed it. <laughs> yeah, and from what I hear about AEW, it has a lot of that same vibes where it's very mm-hmm. much a product for the fans to get them excited. It, it's a product for the athletes to promote themselves, how they best see themselves being promoted. And that's awesome. You know, I, I can't be happier for the success AEW's had and hopefully will continue to have. And, and this, that last weekend, you know, with that event, not watching it, you know, we kind of knew CM Punk was likely to come out, but I don't, Daniel Bryan was. CM Punk became the third most relevant thing to happen that night. And it was his first match in seven years. And people were having a religious experience, by the way, old man could still go. He could still go. I mean, he went against the right guy. Not not having watched him per wrestler and only see him train and fight in MMA. Like, I had to assume he's got to be a lot better at pro wrestling than he is at he's MMA because he honestly, couldn't be that was, popular. It was a real Stone Cold thing with him, too, where it's sure. like not just the matches. It's it, the whole On the mic. And vibe. Persona, sure. Yeah. Just the call came, and honestly, they gave him a kid to wrestle who was bumping his ass off for him. Right. So it that worked out fun. really well. No, they did like – and they had um, – yeah, they had Orange Cat. They had Orange Cassidy in the car. People loved him. There was a young lady make her AEW debut, Ruby uh, Ruby Soho, All right. formerly Ruby Riot. Um, her, she took the name Ruby Soho because she's a big fan of Rancid. It's a song called Ruby Soho. Okay. And then the lead singer of Rancid's like, yeah, cool. You can just use that song. And they, they use licensed music in AEW, which is cool. That, like, like that. It's just, I mean, they pay for that stuff, and right. It's nice. I don't know. It's just. It's not even that I'm like selling AEW or saying don't watch this. Or that there's other shit out there I can watch, and not, it doesn't give me this aggravation of dealing with these sure. assholes. Right. And it's not like I'm not following the behind the scenes shit in wrestling. I live for the behind the scenes shit in wrestling. But I don't have to deal with fucking you know. Everybody's getting paid in wrestling. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like there's a battle between companies to pay people. That's true. That competition. God, God bless. God bless Gable Stevenson. He made the right choice. Honestly, if yeah. you're gonna pay him, I you take the think money. So too, you you become a decent, you become a halfway decent pro wrestler. You get to go to Bellator like Jake Hager. All right, that's worst case scenario. Yeah, you get to go to Bellator and do Jake Hager. Okay, that's worst case. Anyway, um, that was a lot of rambling. I've been watching Ted Lasso. You've been watching Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Nate's a real piece of spoiler alert. Nate's a real piece of shit. <laughs> the fame's going to his head a little bit, but he'll, he'll get straight. Nate, Nate the Great's kind of a twat, man. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. Ah, <laughs> uh, Beard's going to sort him out, I'm sure. Yeah, th- you guys should all be watching Ted Lasso. It's great. It is, it is my favorite show that I've watched. That's the only show I'm watching right now. The, the worst thing about it is the platform it's on. You know, I don't think Apple TV is not robust enough to. It, it's hard to say, like, oh, it is worth the subscription. And I think it is. I mean, honestly, at this point, I would just recommend waiting until the second season's over, which is going to be a couple weeks, doing that week trial, you will burn through those episodes so fast. They're so good. You always, I mean, every time leading up to the season two and now season two is like, I'm always ready for another one. Like when, when the new episode ends, I'm like, fuck, give me one more. Give me one more. Well, I, always, I always sign in and then it'll tell me, like it always shows that last yes. episode, at least on the browser. Yes. And I'm like, oh, there's that too. And I'm like, oh, it says next week. And I'm like, well, don't show it to me now. Don't tell me it's available yeah, in a week. Don't give me the summary. I, 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 um, I and look, I'm not yet. paying for Apple TV. Um, I have a PS5, so they gave me six months of it. Right. And, you know, my understanding is, though, if you buy an Apple product, they just right. give you three months now. At least, I mean, my, my dad got it. They gave him a year. So I don't know. Maybe because yeah, he. I mean, they're trying to get people on the platform, platform, which makes sense because, like, 
Ted Lasso is a great show. I think they had some other interesting. Like I said, I watched some Mythic Quests. I've watched some more. I haven't really gotten like super Morning Show is one people like a lot with uh, Jennifer Aniston. I heard and, about um, that. I think there was more than enough that yeah, if you, I would wait for Ted Lasso to finish up season two. And if you do your week trial, um, you know, check out some of those shows. It's five know. fucking bucks. And, and that's, I think that that's Honestly, probably the, the easiest bucks. conversion <laughs> is that like it is really cheap compared to, you know, HBO is the one where it's like I am getting a lot of bang for my buck, but like it is, it's the most costly one that. Oh, I have. I'm paying the most for Netflix. Netflix really? is the most expensive. Netflix is seventeen bucks, I think. Yeah, I if you have the uh, four, if you have the tough. Four, if you have the, if you have the four K one, I don't. I, I, yeah, I don't have the four K, so I'm, I think I'm paying like fifteen. But anyways, Bob, sorry, Ted Lasso. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, I'm. I mean, I hell, man, you said HBO. I just spent the last fucking couple of weeks watching The Sopranos again. Mm. Um, and it wasn't like people are like probably thinking like, oh, he did that because The Sopranos movie's coming Cheering out. Up. No, no, <laughs> I was just watching The Sopranos, and I'm like, oh, that's gonna work out. I can watch mm. The Sopranos movie, and I'll be up to date on everything. And, yeah. Um. That's really it. I've been watching Ted Lasso. I've been watching The Sopranos. I started watching Friday Night Lights a bit. Um, sure. Again, it's. I think that's Netflix. I'm getting some use out of the Netflix subscription. I'm getting no use out of Hulu these days. I got nothing going on on Hulu. I need to find something to watch there. Yeah, I was trying to think of what we were watching Hulu. I was watching like Making It. There's some like the thing is too. I, think, I need. I need. No, I need exclusives because have, like I'm watching because you have TV, right? You have a yeah. Cable. I have YouTube TV. Yeah, yeah. So, that, so that's kind of the void it fills. But yeah, if you already have a cable subscription kind of thing going on, you it's kind of a tougher sell. Yeah. Um, football's back. Go Niners. I did not like that fourth quarter. Marcus and the Niners were winning by like twenty, oh. and then they end up winning the end up winning the game by like one touchdown, and the other team was on the twenty yard line. Got real stressful at the end. Okay, but um, they still won, so that's fun. They still won. We <laughs> lost two. We lost a player to the torn ACL. Mm. Uh, not good. We lost another player for half the season on some weird cartilage knee thing. Mm. Um, but you know what? My brother's at the Raider game right now, and the Raiders are getting their asses whooped. Oh, nice. So, He's in uh, Vegas. Yeah, he went to Vegas. Uh, he was in LA. I remember. Yeah, he went to Vegas, and the, oh, the Raiders started scoring points. Nice. They yeah. have a new stadium over there, and right. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing back about it because mm-hmm. their it's arena was absurd. Nice. The arena was weird with the nightclub. And mm-hmm. Yeah, they gave me t- tortilla chips on a paper plate. That was that. That was the thing never, they gave me. There's no, no sporting event you should ever use a paper plate. Like, give me. Yeah, the paper, the paper little like basket. I'm okay with, but a paper plate. Yeah. I don't know. I was sitting. Then I was sitting next to some guy who was facetiming with BJ Penn, who was in the front row, and I'm like, "Well, okay, this is interesting." Yeah. Anyway, um, I just kind of rambled a bunch. Marcus, what do you got this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. There's been a handful of games that have come out that have been kind of interesting. Um, I have I, I've started Psychonauts too. Haven't put a ton of time into it. I finished the Black Panther expansion for Marvel's Avengers, which was fine. You know, I think their little single player content they they've come out for these new characters has been all right. Um, you know, it's an, it's a thing to go through, but like yeah, they they still haven't really found their footing. And you know, it being a year out now, they kind of um, you know squandered a lot of their goodwill. But I'm still I still enjoy playing that game and beating up people with the heroes. And Black Panther, I, I find it to be fairly fun to use. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, you're going to announce the 75 games they announced for the PlayStation thing. How about that? Oh, my God. Yeah, I was totally going to... Uh, Look how engaged forget. I am with the I video know. game section, Marcus. I'm t- I mostly want you to tell me how I'm supposed to get excited about a Spider-Man game coming out when I'm 38 years old. Well, I mean, to, to be <laughs> fair, like, uh, yeah, so they, they, PlayStation did have its big showcase last Thursday. Um, and, and the big stuff they announced or, you know, shown, uh, they had a new trailer for God of War, Ragnarok, which I thought looked really cool you know the first god of war was a very fun game it really uh 
solidified itself as kind of a reboot for that franchise and did a really good job. So I think Ragnarok's going to be great. Um, we kind of already knew Spider-Man 2 was happening. I mean, they more or less confirmed it after the first Spider-Man game with some of the um, end credit stuff. But this is the first time we kind of got a look. Um, so it definitely seems, unsurprisingly, Miles and Spider-Man are going to be in the game together. There's been no word if this is going to be local co-op or if you're just going to be switching between the two characters. I'm thinking it's probably going to be more of the latter, where you're going to be switching between Miles and Peter. I don't think they're going to have some kind of co-op. Bro, I, I was getting ready already to say, you and me going online and beating this thing you got to tell me who you want like that would be the way to do that it that would be really cool it hasn't really been what insomniac has done with their games um so it would be does anybody do that shit i mean not I mean, for like a big single player game because when you start getting into multiplayer it is fundamentally harder i think to have a gripping story when you know there's a very high likelihood that your player is going to be chatting with their friend over the cutscenes, and they're going to probably be missing stuff i think when you're going to have a single player narrative driven game it is best to keep it single player, and I think that's what they'll do. What, for what was the too. game where we did it? You and I, they had that, and you and I did it. There was like a co-op, and we did it. Was it Saints Row. We played some. Oh, that was that was that had like that a thing like a, though. That was that like was a mode. Um, I don't remember like a narrative. Oh, game. Crackdown! Crackdown! Oh, again, like yeah, crackdown yeah. But that was, was not... weird though, because like you came, like you joined my game, but then I we we were just playing my game. So then you, it was over. You had no, you'd made no progress. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was weird. It was a weird structure. One of the many hurdles of trying to have like a cooperative game and like who's getting credit. What if I'm not at that mission yet? And I do the, you know, th there's a lot of difficulties in there. I think they're going to just play it single player. Um, and I, I'm happy for it. I'd rather have a more narratively focused game than having, you know, a, a friend and co-op in Spider-Man. It seems like it'd be really cool, but I'd rather just have that experience be what it is and have the narrative really drive it. Um, so the, the most exciting thing they announced, um, and again, Insomniac has been, they just recently got bought from Sony and no wonder they're really cracking the whip on those guys. Cause I think it was 2019 Spider-Man came out, 2020 Miles came out, which Miles, the Mor Miles Morales expansion, you know, wasn't a full fledged game. It was a much shorter game, but you know, quality was definitely there. 2021, they just came out with uh, Ratchet and Clank. So like they're releasing games at a frightening clip for the amount of quality that are that's in this stuff for them to have basically a title every year is 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 quite remarkable so it was not it was a bummer to how see big is that fucking staff um that just seems like a it, lot of people I don't know but a lot of these bigger studios will have like two internal teams so they basically have two developing teams at any one time so they're kind of working they, on they two projects to, yeah in this scenario right so they're working like at least two if not like maybe even three um but they kind of have to do that just so they can produce stuff as quickly as they have been. So when they announced Spider-Man 2 and they gave it a, you know, a soft date of 2023, I wasn't shocked. What I was shocked on and literally got me excited. And it, it was a little unfortunate, but ultimately it was still good fun. Uh, when I was watching the showcase, it was during our lunch break. And the last thing I saw was there, they kind of move to the first party section of the of the showcase like we're going to show the first party stuff and i think the biggest announcement they did was insomniac is making another marvel property but it's going to be a single player narrative driven game uh surrounded uh, you know wrapped around a uh, wolverine which i thought was really was unexpected there was no rumors about a wolverine standalone game that i was aware of um so it is i, I think when you do these little press conferences showcase People like me that are watching, we want to be wowed. We want to be excited. We want a trailer to start start up and not know what it is and just try like, what is, is it? Could it be this? Could it be that? 
Um, and then to have like a new game announcement um, of the quality of what Insomniac's been doing with the license of Wolverine is really, really fun. Um, so that was great. Uh, you know, I think some people were kind of saying the showcase let them down a little bit. I think expectations are always tough to meet with this kind of stuff because people's imaginations kind of go wild. They're, they're expecting, you know, the, the latest and greatest and the big surprises, you know, Final Fantasy VII getting remake or Shenmue Three. Some of the stuff they've done in the past has really set an insanely high bar, but I thought this showcase was really fun um had a lot of fun announcements and i think the wolverine one for me definitely that was and that was the last thing i saw wolverine i was like oh my god that's gonna be so cool i have to leave right now i can't watch the rest of this i have to go back to work um but yeah i thought that showcase was really fun um the last thing i'll kind of mention just because it is topical uh, we didn't get to talk about it last week bobby still hasn't seen it so i'm not going to go into spoilers of uh, shang chi um but i have seen it twice now i watched it opening day um, and then I watched it again last week with my wife, Christine. Um, and what I will say, you know, while I don't think it is like top tier, the best Marvel movie I have seen, um, or maybe even potentially not the best solo or um, introduction movie, I think Black, Black Panther still kind of holds that mantle. I think it's right up there. I think it's easily in like my top five, top 10 of best, you know, favorite Marvel movies. And it could be because it's fairly new. It's still fresh on the mind. But I really enjoyed uh, Shang-Chi um, on second viewing. I, I think they did a fantastic job with the soundtrack. I think it hit comedic notes, maybe not as hard as some other past movies, but it was very, it was a very enjoyable film. I think the action scenes were really fun. I think especially in the first half, I think um, a lot of reviewers have kind of said the second half where it gets more into the epic, you know, third act big fight scene, which has been very formulaic for the Marvel movies. Um, you know, it, it bites off more than it needs to. They could have kept the story more kind of focused on just Shang-Chi. But overall, I think, I mean, one, I love the actor um, Simu Lee, uh, which we talked about as was in Kin's Convenience. I've watched a lot of YouTube interviews with him, and he just seems like a very charismatic, charming guy. Um, so and I'm very excited to see him interact with the rest of the Marvel cast and what how his storyline is going to interact with other people. So I think it, it laid a lot of really fun groundwork uh, and it'll be interesting to see where he pops up um, next. But yeah, it was definitely a fun film. I think if you haven't seen it and you have an inkling to, if you're not, you know, if you're being extra cautious and don't want to go to the movie theater, hey, play it safe. I think it's coming to Disney Plus in October or maybe October, November. So it's not going to be a huge wait. Um, but I think it was worth the price of admission. I think it was worth, you know, getting into a theater again, which, you know, I've done a couple of times. So it wasn't like a huge, I got know. a question. Yeah. What's up? Was it, <clears throat> I know it was shot here. Parts okay. of it. Mm -hmm. Is it actually shot? Was it actually here in the movie or was it just, they were using like, Oh, Oh yeah. I don't, I mean, that's expensive. I don't, I mean, they have, yeah, it basically part of the movie, the beginning of the movie does take place in uh, San Francisco. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. And they make, I mean, there's a big bus scene where like they're on the San Francisco bus that has the little, uh, accordion middle, which I think is, you know, fairly common in a lot of, you know, yeah. major city transport. Um, you know, and they have a scene where they're going down the hills and stuff, very San Francisco-y, um, which I thought was really fun. Uh, but yeah, overall, I just had a really good time with the film. I think it's great. You know, I, Watched it the first time, wanted to watch it again the second time. I'm not going to go back. For my, my movie going to partner got the Rona. That's what I was going to go with. Sure, um, yeah. But again, but, like it's going to be on Disney Plus soon enough. And I think, you know, if you didn't get to see it in theaters, I would definitely 45 days, they said, with What's this that? one? 
Was it a 45-day release, they said? I'm not sure. I, I think I just heard something what are we like at? that. Like, like two weeks? In, in, a little bit more two weeks? Yeah, it's been yeah. two weeks since it's been out. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was looking forward to it quite a bit. I'm still not super hot on uh, Eternals. Um, I'm, of course, I'm going to see it. But my expectations are low, which I kind of like. I, I, I that like one's another. Two. That one's straight to theaters. That's just theaters only, also, right? Yeah, they said. Yeah, I think they're kind of getting away from the dual, especially with the uh, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, issues. Yeah, it's kind of staying away from that and doing the the full theater release. But yeah, I had a good time. A- a- HBO still going straight to straight to. Oh, yeah, thing. and or I should mention. Um, you know, me and Christine had watched all of the um, Conjuring movies, and I think his name's James Wan is like the director and his you know for the last month and a half my youtube abs have just been about um malignant his next movie you know they're making a big deal oh it's the guy from uh the conjuring and stuff and i was like you know i thought christine would be interested into it she didn't show a lot of interest until like right before it came out she's like you know i might want to try watching this we watched the opening scene and i had seen an a review of it earlier just kind of got the number like it was not a good movie and we're watching the first couple minutes, and it was like, this is really campy and just not of the quality or interest. But I was like, you know, Christine wants to watch it. I'll I'll watch it. It'll be, you know, a stupid little horror movie. But, like, right as they're doing the the credits in the beginning, she's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm up for this. And I was, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I will tell you. I saw a review. Wasn't great. She's like, yeah, we can we can bounce. And I was like, you know what? Good. We, we got five minutes. Mark's in, like, I'm about to get out. some husband points here. And then it's just like, nope, that's it. Nope. You know, it, look at, like, you know, Christine watches a lot of stuff I'm interested in that maybe she's not super invested in or whatever. And I, I like the Conjuring movies. I had a good time with that. I was willing to give this a shot. It definitely seemed campy. So it did not seem like you started quality. paying for I thought you weren't paying for HBO. Or was no, it we did. Um, I got a good deal for like the first six months. They had like a discount thing around oh, yeah, Christmas. Peacock was the one you didn't know if you wanted to get or no, not. Was no, that no, it? No, was, no. There was one you were it, trying to get, I remember. And I forgot uh, you were just like. Yeah, it might have been Paramount or something had a show we That's were interested in. But then I just buy the sh- if If there's a show, like a television Rick show. Rick and Morty, right? Uh, no, it was uh, Detroiters I was interested in. Okay. Um, and it's like, you know, if I'm interested in a show and it's only on one of these streaming services I don't have, I'm not against going to the fucking Play Store and getting it on youtube i'm i'm 20 25 bucks i'm if i'm interested in the show i'll, I'll do that and that's let me tell you what happens guys when you're in your 30s and you make a relatively decent living you don't have kids if you want something you just kind of buy it because it's not unless you have expensive taste but like you just kind of buy it man that's yeah i mean <laughs> we, what do we all work for man we, we lived in the pirate <laughs> age and you know i loved yo ho my friend yo ho yeah, so in, yeah in college and stuff where money was a little tighter you know torrenting stuff and you know legally downloading stuff was v- extremely easy it was more easy to do that than to you know streaming wasn't really so an we option. heard so we heard <laughs> yeah sure 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 um <laughs> but you know you, you yeah you definitely get to an age where it's like you know I have disposable income to to spend on you know a season of a show if I'm so obliged. Um, and what's weird is like I, I'm willing to spend twenty five bucks to buy the season. Um, less willing to give Paramount you know seven bucks a month because I know how that goes. It's just gonna each month it's gonna keep going like oh I should get rid of it. Well, and let me I tell you, and, just wait until the Frasier show comes out. Well, still I'll get Paramount and you can use it. You yeah, might got my thing, but we'll see. I'll tell you right now, Paramount, if you make this Frasier show release one episode at a time, I, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah, it's rough. Let, Just wait until the end of the season. Shit. Wait until the end of the season and catch I'm, it all. I'm not going to realize how excited I am for Frasier to okay, come back. Fair enough. Okay? It can only let me down. It can only let me down. Um, that's it. That's all I got. The trailer for um, Why the Last Man? 
I I saw I don't think it was a trailer. It was like a clip. Or maybe I did. Maybe I did see the trailer when we were in the theater for uh, Shang Chi the second time. I think they played a clip. I haven't. I never read the book, but the trailer actually looked kind of interesting. I'm somewhat intrigued. I think it's FX. I think it's going to be on Hulu, so I might try it out. Uh, you never. So you never read it, huh? I did not. You know, it was one of the ones I did not read. It was. I read that one. I was stuff told me too. Heard nothing but yeah. good stuff. I'm glad they made a. I, with one of those things, you're kind of glad they're like, we're gonna make a show out of it. I tried to jam this all into a movie. Sure. So yeah. uh, I think long form series is a. I was waiting that this monkey looks so. Re they're saying the monkey looks so rea realistic that the humane society was gonna complain, uh -oh. and then they realized it wasn't a real monkey. <laughs> nice. I'm like, now I have really high expectations for this fucking monkey. This monkey better be accurate. Point, he doesn't look. I mean, the Apes like... did a pretty good job with their monkey men. So. That's true. That got CGI is getting. Woo. Yeah. A couple. Um, that's all we, all we got. I just want to one real quick say um, condolences because the wrestling community lost uh, Shannon Spruill, um, aka Daphne, who um, I think you might have been done by the time she showed up, but she was in right, real late WCW at the end there. Okay, uh, playing a real like um, mix of Harley Quinn and um, kind of like the character from Natural Born Killers. Remember that? Remember that movie? Anyway, sure, sure. Yeah. Crazy, crazy screaming girl. Um, she took her life, uh, was dealing with a lot of mental health stuff, and uh, as much as nice it was to see all the wrestling community come together to um, honor her, um, it would have been, you know, obviously nicer if this tragedy didn't take place. Mm. So condolences to her, and I know there's a bunch of like, there's like a GoFundMe or something to help with their funeral stuff, and sure. all the wrestlers, wrestlers are helping out. So that's uh, that's really it. Um, and um, until then, until next week, I was Dr. Law. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was DJ Mark. Thank you all so much for listening. See you all next week. Go Niners. Peace out. See you.